0: Hello and welcome to SkyNet today's Let's Talk AI podcast, where you can hear from AI researchers about what's actually going on with AI and what is just clickbait headlines. This is our latest Last Week in AI episode, in which you can get a quick digest of last week's AI news, as well as a bit of discussion between two AI researchers as to what we think about these news. To start things off, we'll hand it off to Daniel Bashir to summarize what happened in AI last week and we'll be back in just a few minutes to dive deeper into these stories and give our opinions.
1: Hello, this is Daniel Bashir here with our weekly news summary. This week we'll discuss Timnit firing from Google, AlphaFold, AI-powered video and AI for countering deception. Our first story is a spicy one and you've probably heard about it either from Twitter or from any number of news sites. Timnit Jebrew, an incredibly important AI ethics researcher, was recently fired from Google. Jebrew says that the firing occurred after a disagreement with one of her managers over the publication of an AI ethics research paper. The paper seems to have been about the environmental costs and embedded biases of large language models like GPT-3. Jebrew also sent an email to the Google Brain Woman and Allies listserv to express frustration with her experience as a black female researcher. She was asked to retract the paper and was told that her email to the listserv was inconsistent with the expectations of a Google manager. Many details surrounding the progression of this event remain unclear, but Jabru has received an outpouring of support on Twitter. Jabru and many others take Google's actions to be an attempt to silence her and other AI ethics researchers. We can expect that they'll only continue to speak more loudly in the future. Our second story concerns another Google AI research center. Google DeepMind has received much acclaim for its proposed solution to the protein folding problem, alpha-fold. Figuring out what shapes proteins fold into has been a major challenge in biology for five decades. Predicting a protein's shape allows understanding of that protein's function. Understanding these functions can aid in problems like developing treatments for diseases. The organizers of the Critical Assessment of Protein Structure Prediction recently recognized AlphaFold as a solution to this challenge. According to DeepMind, AlphaFold demonstrates AI's potential impact on scientific discovery and its ability to accelerate research in basic science. I don't have the biology background to comment on AlphaFold's real potential, but there's no doubt we'll see plenty of commentary on it in the coming weeks. Since digital video became possible, the standard methods for compressing and decompressing videos have made video immune to the machine learning explosion. Improvements to these codecs, the algorithms for compressing and decompressing video led to the possibility of sites like YouTube. They've also been accelerated by hardware, but more advanced codecs require more advanced hardware. But today's phones ship with chips designed for running machine learning models. As TechCrunch reports, Wave 1 wants to use these for video. Now that face and scene detection are solved problems in computer vision, Codex can notice faces and videos and dedicate appropriate resources to compressing and decompressing that information. By intelligently allocating data, Codex can efficiently compress video without sacrificing quality. Codex might not be the most glamorous application of AI out there, but as Wave 1 migrates from lab to product, we might just be seeing a massive change in the video industry. As AI becomes used more widely, the opportunity to exploit weak spots in the technology also emerges. In response, companies are forming to probe AI systems for vulnerabilities. The threats are real. For example, by shifting just a few pixels, you can trick a computer vision algorithm into thinking that a picture of a dog is actually a goat. The startup Robust Intelligence, whose customers include PayPal, is one company that wants to help. As Wired reports, the company sells two tools, one that can probe an AI algorithm for weaknesses, and another that intercepts problematic inputs. Simultaneously, companies like Facebook are investing in their own AI defenses. Many researchers are focused on making AI systems robust to attacks and silly mistakes, but the research is still in early stages. Given that this lack of robustness demonstrates important weaknesses of AI, we're likely to see plenty of work on this problem in the future. That's all for this week's news roundup. Stay tuned for a more in-depth discussion of recent events. Thanks,
0: Daniel, and welcome back, listeners. Now that you've had the summary of last week's news, feel free to stick around for a more laid-back discussion about this news between two AI researchers. I am Andre Karnikov, a third-year PhD student at the Stanford Vision and Learning Lab. I focus mostly on learning algorithms for robotic manipulation and reinforcement learning in my research. And with me is my co-host.
2: I'm Sharon, a fourth year PhD student in the machine learning group working with Andrew Ng. I do research on generative models, improving generalization of neural networks and applying machine learning to tackling the climate crisis, as well as to medicine. And our first set of news is about Timnit Gebru, a researcher at Google Brain who was recently fired. Uh, she was on Google's ethical AI team. And in a tweet, she said she was fired because of an email she had sent a day earlier to a group that included company employees, uh, as well as people have mentioned uh, a, a paper that she had uh, submitted. This was very, very hot AI news uh, because she also mentioned Jeff Dean uh, very personally at Google uh, who did the firing or was privy to it and part of it. And I think this sparked a huge amount of discussion on multiple platforms, uh, starting on Twitter, moving on to Reddit, uh, also picked up by major news outlets, the New York Times and Washington Post, as well as Technology Review.
0: Yeah, so definitely very, very big news. The chronology here is a little confusing, but what it looks like, as far as I understand it, is there was a discussion over a paper that uh, her manager w- told her to essentially to retract because of some problems they had with it internally at Google. And uh, she sent an email in frustration expressing uh, that she very much opposed that sort of view process to uh, some of her uh, people that she works with and other allies. And she also sent an email to the manager with some conditions and uh, implication that, you know, if uh, the conditions couldn't be met, she might resign and set an end date. And then they kind of made it sound like she made the offer to resign and instead you know, said you resign immediately, which most people, uh, as far as I can tell, are kind of saying is more like being fired than actually resigning. So huge news. And um, I think the more it was very confusing at first to me and to many people, the details are very vague, but the more details come out, the less good it looks. Uh, for Google Brain and for the management for taking the actions that they did. As far as I can tell, the review process itself seemed like it was just sort of blocking a paper that was critical of technology that Google really invested in. Uh, The claim was she didn't cite some relevant literature, but the paper itself cites a lot of literature. And, you know, uh, they wanted to be more positive, basically. But it was a critical paper. So uh, that didn't really make much sense. And then afterward, this whole handling of immediate resignation uh, right away, out of the blue, that came as a surprise to many people she worked with, uh, seemed like just the wrong way to take things. Um, That's at least what I was able to gather here. Uh, How about you, Sharon? Uh, What was your sort of impression of this as it evolved?
2: Yeah, so I was following this closely uh, since I was just really surprised this happened. Like, I've met Jeff and I've met Timnit, and I was just so baffled this happened. Like, I, I was just so surprised. I was like, "What is what? Where is the information? Like, can we get the whole uh, story here?" And it just seems like Google um, Google had wanted to to fire her or somehow remove her for some time but she is very uh when it comes to performance she's very good at her job um so i i can see how maybe like they wanted it was like some kind of upper management wanted her gone in some way and this was one easy route they thought but since it was so uh, it was just such, it was such a wrong move. I'm sorry. It was just not a good way of trying to, you know, silently remove someone. It was like the loudest firing ever. Um, and yeah, it's, it's quite disappointing that they didn't have like some discussion about this, uh, that her manager didn't even know, uh, Sammy Bengio did not know. Um, yeah, it was just really poorly handled. Uh, I can see how, you know, this is how big companies, you know, quote unquote, handle people, problem people, quote unquote. But yeah, this is just so, it's so illuminating and it's so ironic because um, she works in ethical AI um, and may or may not have been just fired for bringing up ethics in AI. So um, yeah, Absolutely. we haven't mentioned she is the
0: or was the co-leader of Google's ethical AI team. And uh, you can I think many people have made the case that there was some sort of poor office politics on her part, which is maybe understandable. Uh, She sent a very frustrated email that was very critical of Google and kind of directed people to even maybe work against Google in some sense. And it went out to some people both inside and outside. But even if you accept that, that she could have been smarter from a politics perspective, uh, the actual reasons of a firing, the paper and her not really accepting their internal review process and their decision to retract it, absolutely, as the details came out, to me seemed like poorly handled, and the narrative. Uh, aspect of it as well. You know, I don't think that first it was very unclear. now it looks more and more like it's hard to make a case that Google didn't really mess up here. Uh, even if they decided uh, that there must be an end date, they could have ha- handled this much better. It looks to me. And uh, it's a, definitely a loss given that um, Dr. Timnit Gebru has done an en- enormous amount of a valuable research already and uh, was certainly doing that at google
2: absolutely i think she could have potentially handled politics better especially when those emails were brought to light um but i i really feel like google should have also met her somewhat halfway to chat things through especially since uh, dr gebru and jeff dean had I thought a good relationship or at least, you know, Jeff seems like the type of person who does support ethical AI. Um, and I really don't want to believe that that was just all, all for show. I really don't want to believe that. Um, so this was a tough, tough news, um, in terms of that as well.
0: Yeah, I think you can, you know, have slightly different opinions on this, but it's definitely a bad story a bad event for the community as a whole and I think for many very painful and uh, certainly I think it's a very unfortunate event and uh i think for people working in ethical ai i mean there was a whole outpouring of support and and you know amazement that this happened it's still something people are you know starting to accept so really shouldn't be understated in terms of how much of a loss it is to this field of research and yeah how bad it seems from google perspective of of what they did here
2: Right. I think there was just I think the outpouring of support was really good for Timnit, though. Um, I can see how she was probably going through a really tough time. She had gotten the notice that she would be what they call resignated, forced to reside um, right before her vacation, I think. Um, So it was the whole move was very sketchy and just sounds like, you know, (laughs) a corporate plan. Um, but I'm glad she's gotten a lot of support and I hope all this energy goes towards her doing something amazing moving forward. I would love to see her start something actually, like start some kind of ethical AI research institution in some way and really be at the forefront of that and leading, leading the team and maybe showing Google and other companies how they can also integrate ethics into their work or. Or just show them how it should be done. I don't know. Like if, if she if she believes um, that she can do all of that much better, which I'm I'm sure she can handle stuff like this better. I hope so. <laughs> I guess it's always hard when you're like you are the corporation. But yeah. Yeah,
0: there's, there's a case here to be made of maybe Google basically didn't allow that level of criticism towards technology they care about and. Yeah, it, it speaks to maybe there needs to be ethical AI groups outside of these big corporations that you know hold them to account, uh, and hopefully that'll be the outcome eventually. But certainly for now, it's pretty bad. Uh, one thing I will say is, the Gradient just put out a new article called "The Far-Reaching Impact of Dr. Timnit Gebru." which basically chronicles all her contributions or some of her many contributions in the field. And they really are very significant. So even if you are tired of all this Google news, I would say worth looking through that article to see what she has contributed so far and to get an idea of how much of an impactful researcher she has been already. And hopefully, it will continue to be even after this. And with that, maybe let's transition to something that's uh, less of a painful topic to discuss. Uh, In fact, a very positive event that also happened last week. So somehow a very big week for AI news in general. And that is AlphaFold. So as you have heard, AlphaFold, uh, uh, there was an announcement from DeepMind of solving uh, the problem of protein folding prediction, basically uh, really... Pivotal challenge in biology, and they have here a massive improvement compared to the state of the art, and basically a huge jump. And uh, there was a bit of a split as to just how significant it is. Uh, So, uh, you know, many people said they solved protein protein folding to some extent, sure, but you know, this is still kind of just the start. So this uh, this achievement is huge, but it's not gonna suddenly uh, allow for a lot of new technologies. It's it's just a start of building towards uh, things we can do with this technology. But still, super super impressive and super exciting to see. I wonder, Sharon, as you worked a bit of medicine and I guess biology-related things, what was your impression seeing this news?
2: Ah, you're just clumping biology with medicine like that, Andre. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit, but you know, closer to Valter. I get it. I get it. it, It's okay. I yeah. used to be that naive. Too. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, no, really, it is. It is closer. If one would, if one would make an abetting of all of these fields, it would be closer. Um, I think this is very impressive and a huge piece of news. Uh, it's very exciting to see DeepMind um, move towards uh, move move out of games. I suppose and move towards um, something that, that does have. A uh, really big, meaningful impact. Um, uh, more practically I, I, and I was actually curious what my friends at DeepMind were doing who were on this team. So now I know, cause like, I had the sense they were doing something like this, but I'm like, I haven't seen news and you've been working on it for a while. So <laughs> it's really, um, it's really good to see this come out. Uh, and I'm really excited to see where this goes. I hope they continue the alpha line and start, uh, making things Making things awesome in alpha.
0: <laughs> Definitely, yeah. And uh, so again, we can note some uh, caveats that for things like drug discovery, for applications uh, like drug design uh, or protein chemistry, we, we still need the better results still. So they have much better than what we already could do. But to use this for solving real world problems... Uh, from some biologists who wrote about this we still actually need further progress so uh, while very exciting well definitely uh, a huge achievement uh, worth noting that it's not yet being used out there for making drugs or treatments and probably won't be for a while but how long that is hopefully it'll be a few years and yeah it'll be very exciting to see where this goes next
2: So very exciting news and on to our last article uh, which is a bit different titled labor unions work to find ways to bargain with AI's black box and so interestingly unions are trying to figure out how to protect their members from AI programs that they can't see um, and that they don't really know are there or are being used against them and they're trying to to uh, predict that and almost almost it makes me think of, you know, black box attacks or different attacks on an AI system. Um, But in this case, it's it's people trying to uh, keep themselves safe against what um, uh, what corporations might be using AI for.
0: Yeah, I found this very interesting that uh, the story here is that The UK's Trades Union Congress, which is an umbrella group of unions representing more than 5.5 million people. Uh, The idea here is to find ways to negotiate which technology is used in workspaces so that, for instance, you don't you don't have A.I. making decisions as to who to fire without transparency and without explanation. So um, interesting development that A.I. is now at a point where we actually need to worry about it uh, to the extent that, you know, unions need to negotiate to what extent it's being used at companies or not. And uh, I think compared to our last two stories, uh, a little bit more removed from research and more sort of showcasing the impact of AI in the real world and reminding that, you know, uh, we are deploying AI in all sorts of ways. And we are still kind of reckoning with how to do that. in an ethical way, uh, relating to our first story here.
2: Yeah, this is really interesting and reminds me of um, generally generally also thinking about, you know, how can we use AI to combat AI now? Um, Now that we know that a set of AI tools are being used, maybe against us, maybe, you know, not for us. Are there ways to mitigate it with more AI? Because AI really is a tool and it's a matter of how we use them. Um, Of course, it's often used. I think the issue is it's often used as a tool on one side before the other side. And usually that first side is one that is, uh, has the upper hand when it comes to, I guess, power dynamics. So too tricky.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I can exacerbate existing inequalities, existing problems if uh, deployed without being mindful. And so in that sense, this is also good news that the unions are aware of the potential issues and are fighting to make sure that that sort of deployment doesn't happen. And we do use the technology in a smart way that is fair to employees and to members of unions.
2: And with that, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Skynet Today's Let's Talk AI Podcast. You can find the articles we discussed here today and subscribe to our weekly newsletter with similar ones at skynettoday.com.
0: Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to leave us a rating if you like our show.
1: Be Be sure sure to 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 tune in in next week. week.